0: Hi, I'm Shanae Alexander, host of Press Send, a podcast and more importantly, a safe and hilarious place for candid conversations about the scary, funny, heartbreaking, but always intriguing questions that make us all human. Each week, meet and a new best friend you haven't met yet field your questions across any and all topics and offer our take on the matter. With plenty of humor, heart and badassery along the way, we launch a new episode of Press Send every Wednesday. We'll see you there. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury and I am Divorced Not Dead. I'm a former Bravo TV star and now former wife. Fresh off the back of my divorce, I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said. Between each other, society, the sheets and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me for the journey. So buckle up. Welcome back to Divorced Not Dead. And I'm back in Dubai. And I thought I would take this time to do my first uh, podcast since I've been back and on my own. And I was thinking to myself, what would I talk about and what the topic was? And it sort of came up to me on the mountain because I was like, the fuck am I doing here? Like literally, why am I climbing the Himalayas? Not like I have enough to do right now. No one sets out and says they're going to do something like this. And it's so indicative of the way... I run my entire life. Now whether that's going to change and everyone says you have sort of an epiphany up, up a mountain and change your lifestyle, I don't think so. I mean, I did come to an, an awakening that I am truly nuts, but I'm also 44, so I'm not really sure at this point in my life I'm going to be changing much. But the trip really was special and it was something that if I thought about it and truly known what was involved, and let me tell you girls, this is, as I said, indicative of my life. Because I never think things through like this. And I never ask the proper questions. And I have friends that are so prepared. I didn't even read the equipment list. I mean, thank God when I went into North Face, there was some very qualified man there, lovely art and he really, really suggested what I needed. I truly thought, I think, that I was going on a nice country walk that it was going to be like Courchevel, that I would just have my T-shirt on and not a lot else. I mean, I hadn't even Googled the Himalayas, so I didn't really know where I was going anyway as a place. I'd never been to Nepal. That's the capital city that I was landing in. I didn't know how I was flying there. I mean, I was so busy up until the day I left. I hadn't packed a thing till the day I'd left. How I actually got everything and got there, I have no idea. Sergio was amazing and booked the flights. You know, Johan organized everything else. So I blindly leapt off and I was telling everyone, you know, like, I'm just popping to the Himalayas, back in a week. Well, I'm two weeks later. First of all, I'm bloody furious because one of the upsides, I was thinking I was going to come back like skinnier than a rake. I seem to have like plateaued. I'm hoping a lot of you have written in and told me, that it's going to take another week to come off but I don't think so because I ate like it was like the last supper every night I was so bloody hungry but I think this episode is really about the fire inside because it really shows me that first of all we can achieve anything that we put our minds to as I said been really given the details which I was given the details to be fair I just hadn't read them would I have done it Probably not. No. And I actually have a girlfriend of mine who was meant to come and put it off till March. And I really doubt she's going to do it now because she saw how hard it was for me. I probably shouldn't have put it on Instagram. It was really, really difficult. But what it was is it was really bonding. We didn't know anyone on that trip. And it sort of evens you all out. I don't know who was rich on that trip, who was poor on that trip, who has what. I don't know what their houses look like, what they wore. You know, we certainly weren't wearing our normal clothes. So it sort of leveled the playing field for everybody. And we just really got on and everybody went at their own pace. Everybody helped each other. Everybody had different good days and bad days. And I think my worst day actually was the first day. Because the reality of being dropped off by a helicopter on that mountain was, you know, very stark and very apparent as we were, as the helicopter was sort of seen floating away. And then you were like, oh shit, this is real. And then it's cold. And then you're walking for eight hours. I mean, we actually were meant to walk for four hours the first day, but the place we were staying burnt down, which added another three hours to our journey. And I had really, really, really bad knees. But I didn't complain once because it's in me as well, which is why, like, what's the point? I mean, I don't think Sergio realised how much pain I was in at all because I didn't say anything. I mean, obviously my legs didn't really bend the normal way. He kept laughing at me because I literally couldn't bend them. So I was walking like one would fly out to the left and then the other one would fly out to the right. And he kept looking at me like, you know, I'd lost my mind. Luckily, there was another guy on the trip who had exactly the same problem, age 23. At least Sergio didn't think it was down to my age and it was just poor knees. Anyway, I just think that I knew then there was no way to get off this mountain. So you have to deal with whatever comes at you. And it reminded me so much of like how I got through boarding school and how I got, I get through life really, which is just, I looked down and did one step at a time. I didn't think much further. And I just, each day as it came and I made really good friends and had a really good laugh and I made the best out of what was a bad situation at the beginning, because I mean, my knees were bad and I didn't know how I was going to continue the whole thing like that. I took, you know, ibuprofen, that's all we had and spray, but you know, that wasn't going to get me through a nine day trek of eight or nine hours a day, you know. And again, I hadn't even prepared myself for that. Where do I walk from the front door to the car? I've never walked eight or nine hours in a day, like properly walked uphill. So I started thinking to myself, where does my drive come from? Because it's one of the biggest questions I get from girls and guys that want to start businesses or start a career. Or they always ask me, how, how do you start your business? Or how did you become so driven? Well, I think the Drive in me comes deep within me. And it comes from lying in bed at school and wanting different things for myself. It comes from, you know, never wanting to give up. It comes from the competitive side of me. Or you tell me I can't do something, I'm bloody going to do it and I'm going to do it better than you did, which is annoying. I wish I didn't have that side of me. It comes from being a perfectionist. I'm sitting in my beautiful house right now with my three gorgeous children and my three dogs who are off for grooming and everything just has to be perfect there is no room in my life for things not to run the way I want them to which is you know something I also need to work on because it doesn't always work that way and I think you know that was a good thing about the trip because in my head I think you know when someone said look this is a five-star way of doing it okay well it is the five-star way of doing the Himalayas don't get me wrong because someone's carrying your bags and you know, there's beautiful food made for you in the kitchen, you know, we've got teams of people just to make sure everything runs okay for us. But I mean, by no means was it a five-star holiday in any way, shape or form. And that was proven to me and shown to me. And I think, you know, it made me appreciate so much. I mean, walking through my bedroom, my house last night when I flung open those doors. Now you mind you, I've been away two weeks. I don't think I've done that in Well, I don't know when, definitely not while I've had kids, not for a long time. I was stressed about doing it for myself. But then I thought to myself, you know, I did Peru last year. This year is this. And there's no point. I'm not going back to Nepal very soon. So I may as well do the whole of it, which I did. And when you're on a trip like that, it, it very much becomes, you know, your family and your everything. And so I was driven to finish you know, lots of people left at tw- on the 28th when we finished the hike and they got straight off the mountain and out of there. And I was kind of regretting on the day, where the fuck hadn't I done that too? Why didn't I just get on that helicopter and go home like every other sensible person who has a normal life? But no, I had to go back and look at the safari side of, you know, and we went on elephant safaris and I went to go and see the animals and I went to see, and I really experienced the whole country. And so... Even that was hard, not because, you know, that was five star luxury, don't get me wrong, but it was hard in the fact that, you know, I was was missing home. I hadn't had a clean bath. My hair wasn't done. All the girls at the house were doing stuff. I love to be involved in my day to day life. The drive in me has always been the bane of my life and the, the thing that also kept me going. Because, like, I have come through this door, like, with a new whole outlook. Like, I cannot wait to get to work. My girls that are with me now are so driven. We're all driven. We've got a complete team spirit now. And I think that it's just always been that I've loved, loved what I do. And I guess I've always said to you, you know, if you love what you do in your career, you'll never have to work a day in your life. And there are so many exciting things happening. I mean, just this podcast alone has become such a release and so much fun so many of you are enjoying it that that's what I want to tell you the drive inside comes from first of all achieving what you set out to do no matter how small and I always say take baby steps everything takes time everything worthwhile is hard till you get to the top and even when you get to the top it doesn't get any easier to be honest the startup phase of a company is the best phase because it's the phase that you're you know, you're doing what you love and, you know, you're just meeting people and telling everyone about your passion. I mean, and the bigger you get later, you kind of lose all that. So I always say to people, don't be in a hurry. Don't be in a hurry to get to the top so fast. It does happen, but once you're on your way, it snowballs. And then one day you'll think, look back and go, God, those were the best days. The drive in me is... Just to prove to myself, it's not about proving to all of you I can do it. It's not about buying another Birkin bag or whatever you guys think I do all day. Actually, less and less do I think about those things. It's being able to travel. It's being able to choose the boyfriend I want to have. It's being able to live in my beautiful home, regardless of what else happens and knowing that I have it. And, you know, people are always like, look, could I have a smaller home? Absolutely. I can have a smaller home when I'm older. You know, people are like, this is an interesting concept, too. We all sort of save. We save for the rainy day. We save for when we're older. But I'm figuring I'm going the other way and I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but I'm figuring I'm going to lead a lot less money when I'm older than I do right now. Right now, I need a huge house. I've got three children. My office is at home. I live in Dubai, so I've got housekeepers that live in and all these kind of things. I need a big house plus a guest room because everyone wants to come and stay. But when I'm, you know, when the kids have gone to school... I plan on going to a small apartment. So right now is when I want to enjoy my money. Right now is when I want to push myself. And by the way, I've got the energy right now. Having come off the back of the Himalayas right now, I'm like literally itching to go for a walk. It's the weirdest thing. I've got conference calls all afternoon, but I was thinking i wonder if i could get to um if i could get on the treadmill this afternoon i wonder how i'd feel on it i'm i have all the energy in the world i feel great i probably the no alcohol no smoking all of that hasn't you know has helped too but i feel amazing and i feel very alive so i always say you know i look at my life very differently I want to afford the best things now, have the best life now. While I've still got the body that can carry me, I've still got the fun inside me. I've got Sergio to run around town with and have a laugh with and he's my partner in life. And we had such a special time on that mountain together. And I don't think anyone will be able to take that away from, from us. And that's my drive. My drive is to maintain something that I've built and that I really enjoy, but also do it in a way that I'm not a slave to it. As I said before, I've seen so many women who are slave to their husband, slave to their house, slave to their kids, slave to a job they hate. It's about getting the balance right, enjoying yourself with it, not being preoccupied by money and materialistic things. But here women are so driven to fit in. And I don't think I ever thought about fitting in, which has made me liked and disliked. And, you know, that's not really what motivates me. What motivates me is purely selfish reasons, which is... Me, my bubble, my home, my all the people that I love that are around me. I love to have people come and stay. I love to be able to have a wonderful time when my friends are in town and be able to take some time off work. I love to be able to live the way I live now, which is I'm not a slave to an office. You know, I work for many different places, so I get to pop around and see different people. And, you know, I made my work work for me. And I think that's really key so that you gain a life too. And I think, you know, that's what the Himalayas did for me as well. I was really struggling at the beginning to think of what, you know, what I was going to learn from all this and what made me do it. What it's shown me is that taking time for yourself, no matter how little or long, is so important, so important. And I want to actually build something like this for you guys out there, which I'm working on with the guy that I was up the mountain with, because I think it's so important. Even if, you know, you save up for one of these trips for once in a lifetime, I think it is a trip that needs to be done be it here or be it Peru or Japanese forests or whatever it is that floats your boat. You need to take a moment to see what's out there a little bit more than what's in your immediate front door because we all get so caught up in day-to-day things and we think we haven't got the time. We've got no time to do this. Well, life life sort of is like that. There is no time. I met a a monk while we were there and he wrote this amazing book, which I think I put on my Instagram called Living Fully. And um, Buddhism actually is a practice. It's, you know, it's not a religion. So it's just a practice, a way of life. And it was fascinating because I opened the first two pages and I was like, oh my God, someone's just read my mind because I'm not really a religious person and I don't care what religion you are. You know, I believe that we all need something at the right time. But Buddhism is about not looking back. Once you've made your decisions, your life is exactly what I said. You look forward. There's no point looking back. You're not going that way. And also, you know, looking back only keeps you stuck, stuck in a moment that doesn't exist anymore. You can't go back. There is no way back. It's like some people that go, you know, I've just got back with my ex-boyfriend. I never understand that. It's terrible. You broke up with him for a reason. There's always a reason. The reason's never going to go away unless it's like, you know, people go back out of fear. They go back out of being scared of what's next, but not really truly wanting to, to be honest. And what's forward is always better for you. In Buddhism, they said, life is like an egg timer. You literally watch it slip through your fingers and you don't get to turn it back over. You're never going to get to turn it back over. That is it. You're not going to get a second chance and it says this so clearly and then it says you come into this world naked you leave this world naked and you have an amazing relationship with your friends and family we all do that's amazing and it's lovely to be able to rely on them but they still won't be there at your deathbed some of them might but I mean you need to think about you that doesn't mean to say you have to walk around town and be utterly selfish and only appease yourself no what they're saying is everything you do should come from good intentions. But I got up this morning and I was feeling good and I got asked two little girls had lost their father f- at Christmas. You know, so I just texted a few friends and got gifts sent to their house so that they would still have a lovely Christmas. It's minimal, but it's something that made me feel good and something that I hope will help them. Obviously, it's not going to change anything for them. Obviously, it's not going to change anything for me, but it's a lovely thing that these little girls at least have something you know that maybe their father would have done. Buddhism is saying you know be selfish like so selfishly I'm getting up I'm walking around my house I've washed myself I'm feeling amazing I've made myself a beautiful cheer pudding and I'm having a very indulgent morning because this is my first morning back but unselfishly with good intention I did that act. So I think what I'm trying to say is like you know do things for others too. So look after yourself because looking after myself this morning has made me feel amazing. I needed this time because being up the mountain wasn't as indulgent as I thought. And in fact, it was just teaching me something. It was teaching me that I can achieve what I want, that I do have the fire in my belly. 44 doesn't mean that life is over. I probably did better at it and kept going just as much as Sergio, who is what, you know, 18 years younger than me. I kept everyone laughing and we had a great time. So it taught me that I still have the drive. You know, I don't give up. If I set a target, I do it. And then this has taught me when I got back, just how grateful I am for everything around me, for the the opportunities I get and for making those opportunities. And opportunities won't knock on your door. You need to go and find them. And I think that's a big one for a lot of women out there as well because people sort of sit back and let life pass them by. And I don't know what you're expecting because there is no knight in shining armor and there is no opportunity that just comes to find you. You need to find it. And that's the drive you need to have. Being driven doesn't, as I said, have to be about making money. Being driven is if you want to set up the best of anything the best, you know, charity. That's fantastic. That takes a lot of work. That's a drive inside you. That's a passion inside you. And sometimes these things lead to more because when you open a door like that, you let other opportunities in. And that's what Buddhism is saying. Buddhism is saying, you know, open every door, see what's behind it, because we're here for a very limited time. Don't waste your time make every single day count. And so that's what I think my trip was about. That's what I think Buddhism is about. That's what I'm trying to do in my everyday life right now is I get very, very stressed very quickly. I read emails and I go from zero to a hundred in 30 seconds. Everyone noticed it on the trip too. I, I have complete flare ups I'm like a toddler that has a tantrum and then comes down and I need to learn to even it out. What you can't change, don't stress over. You know, my dad taught me that. You can't change it. What's the point? And, you know, I'm still, I'm healthy. I've got my beautiful roof. I've got my beautiful kids. I've got my beautiful dogs. I've got nothing to be upset about. You know, I think the next stage of my life is trying to, is trying to figure out how to work smarter maybe i work a little bit less and and enjoy it more and look how relaxed i sound right now i'm sure it will take me a week to undo this work i want to make meditation part of my day i really enjoy it i want to read more books i love my hour tv time in the evening which i've put my foot down that everybody has to give it to me i need that to switch off I want to build a really fun team that has passion and that drive and that wants to do it. Everyone knows when you've got a startup, it's, it's hard to pay everyone. It's hard to make everyone happy because everyone, everyone comes on and you're sort of all in it together. I like to visualize everything. I want my team to see the money come in, the money go out, so they understand what the business, how the business runs, how they get paid, what happens. When you work from home, you feel energy very, very quickly energy of people, energy of the people around you. And so I think it's just key to communicate and to do the things that bring you joy. I sound like Mary Kondo, don't I? Throughout what doesn't give you joy. I don't know if any of you've watched that on Netflix. It really used to make me laugh. I couldn't understand why I was watching a Japanese house tidying show in Japanese but if none of you have seen it, I do recommend it. And throw out anything in your house that doesn't give you joy. And no, ladies, I don't mean your husbands. I think that's really it. I think drive is is from the belly. It's not something you you can inherit. It used to frustrate me when I would go around to girls' houses or friends of mine' houses and they'd be like, oh, you're so driven, where does it come from and how do you achieve it? And I'm like, I achieve it with fucking hard work, that's how I achieve it. You know, I'm not just sat there and it just happens for me. It doesn't happen for me, you know. And so many times I've been on the verge of really making it happen and it, it's been taken away. And then I have to sort of sit there and either go, but why didn't I make it? And then I'm like, well, maybe it was the timing was wrong or maybe I would have, wouldn't have been a nice person, you know, or maybe I wasn't ready for it. Obviously the universe doesn't think I'm ready for it. I wasn't ready for it. Now I'm ready for it, I hope you know, I want you girls to know that you cannot be successful. You will never be successful until you take that first step, no matter how small it is. You can't achieve anything by sitting at home, wishing, because wishing and meditating and doing mantras or whatever they're called, the things that you repeat in your head in the morning, meditations, they're great, but unless you actually put them into practice, it's not going to happen. And I can tell you that right now for free. So, today, find your inner drive, find the thing you want to do, no matter how small, and do it. Doesn't have to be every day, but do it, you know, and start. Once you've started, you'll be surprised how fast these things happen for you. Somebody asked me yesterday because I did an interview for CNN. How do I describe myself? I haven't got a bloody clue. I really haven't got a clue and I hate that question. I don't know. Because what do I do? Honestly, what do I do? And actually I'd love any of you to describe me, well, nicely. But I don't know. I have a podcast. I have a rug line. I'm an ambassador of many companies. I'm a mother of 3. I'm also an influencer. And I sound like a crazy person. And if someone can think up a name for one of those things, all of those things together, please let me know because I think it makes me sound wishy-washy. But on the other hand, I wouldn't give any of them up. I absolutely love doing all the things I do. And I don't think that makes me a wishy-washy person. I think it makes me, in one hand, savvy because I think if you put enough nets out, one of them might catch. And on the other hand you know, somebody who just is extremely motivated and doesn't want to let any opportunity, no matter what, pass them by. And I think that's another thing. Don't let these opportunities pass you by. Don't come up with excuses as to why you can't do it. You can do it. You will do it. Do it. Do it today like there is no tomorrow. And read this book on Buddhism. It was really helpful. I haven't got all the way through it because I'll tell you more later, but it really is a philosophy and a lifestyle. And it's a very interesting thing and it's a kind way of living, which I really, really appreciate. So on that note, I'm going to love and leave you all. And I hope I've given you some insight into my fire in my belly, um, which sometimes I don't even understand myself but I can assure you I'm going to keep going. I'm not going back to the Himalayas anytime soon, but I will continue these yearly sort of bucket list trips. And um, I love taking you all on that journey with me. And that note, I'll say goodbye. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind-the-scene action.